Hey, Chris. Hey, Tim. How are you? Great. We were just talking about pro wrestling. That is a little bit of a hint as to what we might be talking about in 1987, but <laughs> not as big a wrestling fan as I am is what we were kind of getting to with that discussion just earlier. Yeah, although I had my like sub this earlier era, I guess what was it that it was the AWA or was it the NWA where uh, the Road Warriors were involved and Dusty Rhodes and it was only on like like deep deep cable. That's NWA, yes. Uh, no, NWA. Isn't that where Ric Flair started or Ric Flair came it was there for a while, I believe, it, with uh, yep. at the same time as Dusty Rhodes and stuff like that. Yeah, NWA was the big umbrella organization where there were a number of different companies uh, in the territory system underneath them. And Ric Flair was part of Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. And the Road Warriors, I actually think the Road Warriors might have been in AWA for a bit because they were Chicago. They're Chicago guys. Uh, okay, yeah, I think that's right. And then, point, so. then it all came together for a while, probably in like the early, like, or uh, like, 85 i'll say where it was like you know it was on tnt or tbs or one of those networks usa maybe i don't remember back yeah, when there it, were only like eight cable networks yeah turner had all the nwa stuff mid-atlantic uh the um the the southeastern stuff and then usa network would get wwf in time and of course they because you know, they were the four way. horsemen right they had the, the, four, the, the they were the, the bad guys right the four horsemen rick flair's uh f- yes rick flair arn anderson ole anderson and barry windham was it barry windham was the original no uh oh what was uh, his well name? tully blanchard was there tully blanchard tully blanchard he was yeah, the other yeah. one barry See, i know my stuff for a second yeah barry windham yeah, was the yeah, four for a second but yeah yeah that'll be in our podcast hall of slams coming up very soon so be ready for that <laughs> All right, this is the recap show of our 32nd election of the Hall of Songs. I hope I got that number right. It was our 32nd election, and we have some results to give you. I think some good news. I think. Let's get there right now. We'll start it up. It is time for Hall of Songs. Welcome, music lovers and loyal listeners to Hall of Songs, the podcast in which two men attempt to determine the greatest songs of all time. I am the superstar Tim Malcolm. I am Chris, the Anvil Jones. Well, I like that. Yeah. Little little heart family there, huh? Is that what you're going for? (laughs) So this is our recap show. Our last election was our 32nd election in which we put a lot of songs on the ballot and you voted for what you thought was hall worthy of the era between 1981 and 86. So we have some results to give you. It was like a 25 song ballot or something like that. Before we jump into that, Chris, how's life right now? Any music stuff you're getting into right now? Any concerts, anything going on? Oh yeah. I won't bore you with my concert exploits because they all involve uh, your least favorite band. Uh, although I am putting in for tickets to go see Wilco in Iceland next April. So we'll Ooh. see if I, you know, if I can score some tickets to that and go hang out in Reykjavik for a couple of days and watch Jeff Tweedy. I'm actually going to see Wilco, I guess, a week from today as we're recording this up in uh, a tiny little venue in northern Michigan. So that'll be fun. Oh, 
Well, I would go to Iceland to see just about anybody. Just about. Just about. Just about. I don't think Fish is playing there. Goose played there, but I don't think Fish is playing there. At least they don't have any plans to that I'm aware of. I did see them on the beach in Atlantic City over the weekend, which was actually a lovely, lovely night and lovely concert. You said you weren't going to talk about them. And then you, you were there. you were getting there with that almost anybody. You you sort of goaded me it into could, that. I, I, I could have been talking about four non-blondes. You don't know that. I mean, come on. <laughs> so anyways, on to the Hall of Songs. We had our last episode about a week or so ago from the time that this is coming out. We nominated 12 songs into the Hall from the year 1986. And we then put them on the ballot. The ballot also includes songs from between 1981 and 85 that were already on the ballot, that had stayed on the ballot. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I don't know if you are new if you listen to this episode, because usually the recap shows have our like most devoted listeners. But every episode is a year in time. We nominate up to 12 songs from that year that we think are the best of the year. After we nominate those songs, we put them on the ballot. Hallofsongs.com is where the ballot lives. We do a vote. And then at the end of that election, we tabulate if a song gets at least two-thirds support from the voters, it gets into the Hall of Songs. If a song is anywhere under 35% support, it is out of the Hall of Songs running. Anything in between 35% and 66.67% means it gets to stay on the ballot for another round, given that it hasn't been on the ballot for more than 10 attempts. That's how it works. So the ballot had a whole lot of songs that are relatively fresh songs from 86, 85 and such. I'll read some names for you just so you have a sense of what's on the ballot. We had from 86, Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House, Nasty by Janet Jackson, Kiss by Prince, In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. We had Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith. Some songs from 85, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. We had Raspberry Beret by Kiss. We had Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Still a top 10 song in America. We had songs from 84, like What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. We had songs from 83, like Every Breath You Take by The Police. And we had even a couple songs from 81, including Betty Davis' Eyes by Kim Carnes. I Can't Go For That, No Can Do by Daryl Hall and John Oates. Both have been on the ballot six times now. And In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, which was a Veterans Committee pick. That had been on the ballot four times. Veterans Committee, we just did an episode on that, is where Chris and I pick some songs from years past that we decide, you know what, they belong on the ballot, and we'll nominate them, we talk about them. So go listen to our latest Veterans Committee episode. We nominated four new songs for that. They will be on the ballot after our next episode, which is our 87 episode. That comes out on August 14th. That's when that ballot will be released. Chris, the 32nd election, 25 songs in total were involved did you have any thoughts going into that election as far as what might prevail? I know we talked in the last recap show that maybe this would be the year that Prince would get a song in there. However, Prince does have four songs on the ballot this time around. Yeah, I'll be honest. I had kind of no idea what to expect from this election. I thought In Your Eyes would do pretty well. Uh, That was sort of the one from 86 that I thought might be up there. Although, you know, I wasn't necessarily banking on that one getting in. So that was really it was the one that I was like, yeah, that one seems like a lot of people, it'll have a lot of crossover appeal and people go for it. Uh, And a lot of times when that happens, there's an, you know, there's a song from prior years, unexpected that can jump up and do pretty well and get in or anything like that. So I don't know. I didn't know really what to expect. The four Prince songs 
were hard to figure out because when we've had artists with multiple songs on the ballot, you think about the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or Elvis Presley. It's really hard for that artist to get even one song through, let alone more than one. So when Doves Cry, Purple Rain and Kiss from 86, I thought, you know, they all had a chance, but they also could each fall out completely because there are so many Prince songs and people might just be tired of Prince on the ballot. We'll see. Outside of that, looking back at our 31st election, we had really good showings by Sweet Dreams, by Eurythmics. We also had good showings by Take On Me, by AHA, and I Can't Go For That, by Daryl Hall and John Oates. In the Air Tonight, by Phil Collins, had surfaced to the top of the ballot in our last election, so there was some thought that maybe that song could prevail. But I thought maybe one of those songs could probably lift up into the top. And my pick would have been Sweet Dreams are made of this by Eurythmics just because it had been at the top of the ballot for so many turns without getting in. So that's what I thought going in. But a pretty stacked ballot. I mean, a lot of pop songs on this, not too many of those influential songs that get lost in the sauce. So ultimately, I thought this might be another one of those elections where so many songs just hang out in the middle and will carry over to the next election. All right. So with that being said, we do have some results and, uh, I'll give the spoiler up top. We have at least one song getting into the Hall of Songs. So it is not a barren ballot as we've had, uh, I guess, only twice in the past, right? We thought it was a lot more than that, but it turns out it was only a couple times. So, Tim, you want to lead us off? What was what was song number one on the ballot? Song number one from our 32nd election getting into the Hall of Songs with 70% of your support. It is from 1986. Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith. I was surprised by this. Uh, very surprised it was number one. I was not surprised that it, you know, was above fifty percent or so. You, you know, in that range, I, it's a really likable song. Re-listening to it, it's like, all right, that's fun. I get why people like it, but I did not see this one being number one. It's like if if you would have told me this was going to get in, I wouldn't have been shocked. But I would have thought it might get in as the number, you know, three song in a three, you know, in a stack ballot. I want to give our voters a lot of credit, but I want to ask this question first: How much? Of the work, do you think the second artist in that group was doing to make this a Hall of Songs inductee? How much work do you think Aerosmith was doing here uh, as opposed to Run DMC? Oh, I don't know. I think this is a Run DMC song that just kind of happens to have Aerosmith and it's palatable and it's got that guitar that makes it a little bit different from some of the other rap songs. Uh, like, I guess my reaction, I I, I think I... I I hear what you're getting at. I guess it's the first song that's gotten in that you'd say is a rap song. I'm okay with that because I do think that the ones that we've talked about before were kind of these sort of 
you know, they were sort of like laying the, the, laying the groundwork for rap songs that were to come. And this was a breakthrough song in a lot of ways. I hope that it's not, you know, the last or one of very few rap Mm -hmm, hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, rapper hip hop songs that gets in. If it's the first of many, I'll be happy with that. I think that's kind of appropriate for its role. If it's the first of, you know, one or two, it'd be really disappointing. I think you're right. I wanted to a look back at sweet emotion by Aerosmith. That was our only other Aerosmith nominee and see how it did on the ballot. So it came out in 1975 was on our 21st election ballot and it didn't do very well. 36% support. So barely staying on the ballot that first time. Then in the second, uh, the 22nd election again, at the very bottom of the staying in on the ballot list. So that got off 40% support 23rd election. It finally fell off at 27% support. So sweet emotion didn't really do too well on the ballot. uh, All things considered, especially for a relatively popular song and not necessarily an influential song. So yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, this being the first rap song, quote unquote, is good. Hopefully it means more are coming. It's funny, though. I did when we talked with Andrew Unterberger of Billboard a f- bit ago for a bonus episode. I forget whether I put this in the episode, but I asked him or he asked me, what do you think will be the first rap song that gets into the hall? And I think at that time we had had a couple rap songs nominated, but they kind of fell off pretty quickly because they were all very influential. And he said, I don't know, maybe cream. And I was like, I don't know about cream. You know, maybe cream. It might be juicy by Notorious B.I.G. That's really the first, I think, overarching mainstream big success that I think a lot of people know. But I go back a little bit and I think maybe it's Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith. And I kind of joked about it because I thought, I don't know if we're going to nominate that song. It's just sort of a it's a it's a cover of Walk This Way. And it's fine and i hadn't heard it in a while so i wasn't really considering it too much but then going back and nominating for 86 this came out and we're like oh you know what yeah this really does belong it's a good song it's influential it's impactful it definitely stands up and here we are we're putting it in the hall of songs so hopefully this isn't a a aerosmith kind of a thing i don't think it is i think it is much more of a rap thing and hopefully that stands up and we see more rap and hopefully the referendum is is good here on rap but it, it, I'm glad to have it in. It is, I think, worth it as an influential song. It is an impactful song. And it was popular, too. So I think it hits all the marks. It belongs. So congratulations to Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith. Yeah, I just took a quick run through. And I, I think it's like just adding on to that. It is appropriate. I like uh, uh, Rapper's Delight, you know, hung on the ballot for five years and then didn't get in. The mm-hmm. other ones didn't fare quite as well. But that seems kind of right to me, right? That it's like Rapper's Delight. It makes a little bit of a mark, but not quite enough to get in. And then this right. is the one that sort of, you know, kicks down the door and then we'll see where it goes. But, uh, but Tim, there is another song that's on the cusp, right? For anyone who doesn't know, if a song falls one vote short of getting to two thirds, uh, we have the opportunity to give it a golden vote where we can push it over the edge and get it into the hall of songs. Uh, if we say no, then it stays on the ballot. It doesn't, you know, cost anybody anything, but uh, it's got the chance to get in. And, you know, uh, without spoiling too much, Tim, I know this one means a lot to you. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, toss out there. What's in our second spot. In our second spot, getting into that golden vote territory is take on me by aha. 
let's talk about this. So the whole point is we put our heads together, we decide yay or nay. This is a favorite song of mine in my life. It was my first favorite song. We could put that aside, personal biases aside. We nominated this mostly on account of its popularity. It was a hugely popular song in 1985. Number one hit in America, big hit across the world. Impact-wise, I don't know if it had much of an impact. Influence-wise, not really much at all. It definitely, as we talked about in the 85 episode, I think there's something to the way that it was written and how it sounds like a Chris Pop song that the writing doesn't really matter too much. It's more about how the syllables sound and how it is sort of being enjoyed production-wise. It does symbolize this sort of mid-80s sound that is really coming of age here and it's going to go overboard in the next couple of years but here in 85 it's big and it makes sense and it's really good still that's where i'm going to keep it as far as my opening salvo won't take on me i don't know yet i really don't know what are your sort of primary thoughts um, your, your first thoughts about take on me so i think i think you may be selling it a tiny bit short on impact slash influence in a way that we talked about a little bit, we mentioned it, but that I think is important, which is this sort of connection of a video to the song. And, you know, these guys came out of nowhere largely because they were able to do this sort of, you know, short film like video that caught people's eyes as well as their ears at the same time. And it's one thing when like Michael Jackson does Thriller, this, you know, 15 minute epic thing or even when he does something like beat it that's this like great you know choreographed video or when madonna does uh you know her videos but to have an artist that like uh, you know americans who are flipping around and you know stumbled onto mtv were not familiar with to have that sort of connection between the visual and the music at this era i mean that's a big deal and i think there were a lot of people that this would go into lead other artists to sort of to chase that you know to kind of say like you know well maybe you know we haven't caught on with this our this this audience or that audience but maybe if we put it to this video if we go get this director to go do it we'll be able to catch eyes on mtv and that'll work so i do think that's you know it, this isn't necessarily the first one to do that but it's a really good example of that sort of early i think you know mtv era uh and i think you know it is one of those songs to me that is I think we joked around during the episode that there's a couple songs that it's like when you want to know that a movie is set in the mid eighties, you play that song. And this is one of those songs. I think it's one of those songs for a reason. It is anthemic in this way. You know, you hear that opening, those, that sort of opening synth and you know exactly what it is, you know, when it's from, and you know, pretty much everybody in the room for at least, you know, for a couple generations are going to be able to sing, sing along, even if they can't hit the high notes. So, all right. Let me start with that last point, because if there's a doppelganger to this song, as far as anything that's already in the Hall of Songs, I'm not saying doppelganger as far as its production, its arrangement or anything like that. I'm talking about sort of how it fits in. It's probably the boys are back in town because it is the song in the middle of the decade that doesn't really stand for anything. It doesn't sort of say this is where music's going or anything like that. It's just this really popular song that people really enjoy. And it's a lot of fun. 
you know, I, that's kind of where I'm kind yeah. of sitting in. Yeah. You Shook Me All Night Long would be the other one, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Know, but yeah, it's similar, similar songs. I mean, those are both much more the guitar rock, obviously. But yeah, it's like, you know, they, it's, yeah, you're right. It's not like, it's not like people are going to the, to their producers and saying, I want to record the next take on me. And, you know, and we're talking like, and we're talking about songs, all three of those by foreigners. You know, we got an Irish band, we got an Australian band, we got a Norwegian band. So, you know, it's very funny how you know, it's not British, it's not American. But back to the first point. So, you know, on this podcast, I have not talked about videos. You've talked about all the videos and stuff. And I think it's because I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I want to use videos as a way to measure if a song is worthy of the Hoff songs, like measuring how good a song is why should the video be the like one of the things that we take into account it's a different thing altogether from the actual recorded song am i wrong or do you think like no the video should be taken because i don't know i don't really think the video should be that important well i guess i would say that if you've got a song that is terrible but has an awesome video that doesn't do anything where i think it is is it's like i mean you know whether we like it well, I like it, so I will say that. So I, the the visual is part of a lot of the production of music to me. I mean, it's like I still buy vinyl records, and the reason why I buy vinyl records is not because I actually think it sounds any better or any different at all. I like to have that physical product. I like to see the album cover and like to flip it over, see the credits and things like that. And the video is part of that. And I think that it is it, it is overall part of the production of something that you're putting out there for consumption. But I, I think more to the point on this one, it was like it was becoming a big thing in the 80s. And it's not to say that it necessarily makes it a better song, but it's to say that this sort of combination of the visual with the music was something that was coming down the, you know, was coming down the pipe soon. And they sort of saw that. And, you know, again, it's like if the song was terrible, it just wouldn't work at all. But it was more the fact that they sort of saw a way of getting a hook. And I'm just going back in time and looking at other inductees to see if there are other ones that you could make an argument for something that's not quite the recorded song that also has a lot to do with why the song belongs. And I guess if you're going to talk about any song like that, it's mostly the political stuff, the overtly political stuff. But most of those songs are really, really, really good. I'm not saying Take On Me isn't really, really good. I mean, I like as I said, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. I just I'm 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 it, this is kind of the thing that we're up against because I we want to reframe the conversation about what the greatest songs of all time are. And here I am saying, I don't know, is Take On Me one of the greatest songs of all time? It's never been talked about as one of them, but maybe it is. So all right. We should we should kind of say yes or no here. So what is your what is your opinion? <laughs> yes or no on because we're 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 going long on this. So what do you think? So I say yes. I have I've expressed my uh, disappointment, I guess, a little bit in the past that there weren't more sort of these 80s. I, I mean, this isn't a new wave song, but at least new wavy influence songs that have gotten in, uh, you know, artists like The Cars or uh, like even like something like Betty Davis Eyes. Like I think some of I think these are songs that a couple of those should have gotten in. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really good example of that. And I think for that reason, that is deserving to get in. Ultimately, I'm looking at that popularity corollary or whatever you want to call it. And you have You Shook Me All Night Long. You have Boys Are Back in Town. You have songs from the 60s that got Brown Eyed Girl. Songs that you wouldn't have thought would have gotten through to this kind of level. And they get in and they got in without the golden vote. So there's a space for them according to the voters. So 
I'm not going to deny it. Let's do it. Take On Me is in the Hall of Songs as the 68th member. Is that right now? We're at 68, correct? Yep, that's right. by Run DMC and Aerosmith is 67. Take On Me by AHA is 68. The fact that Take On Me by AHA is one of the 68 or let's say 100 or so greatest songs of all time, according to this, is really nice. It is nice to hear. So congratulations to my boys in Norway and to my friends in Hollis, Queens and (laughs) Boston, Massachusetts. Congratulations, everybody, all over the place. So with that said, that's it for the Hall of Songs as far as what got in. Now we are going to talk about some songs that are not in, but at least they're going to stay on the ballot for the 33rd election, which will start on August 14th. So, Chris, let's take us through the first batch of songs that got good support, but not enough to get through. All right. These are the ones that got more than 50 percent of your support. We had In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel, Raspberry Beret by Prince. That was its second year on the ballot. Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Also, its second year. And then in its first year on the ballot, True Colors by Cindy Lauper. Those were 55 to 60%. And it's possible that one of those votes was from Chris because he thought it was already in the Hall of Songs. This is true. There you go. I just wanted to make sure that that shout out, that, that clap back was there. So out of this group, I'm, su- I'm surprised by Raspberry Beret being the top Prince song because I thought that would be the least voted on Prince song of the four that were on the ballot. Otherwise, good showing by In Your Eyes, but as you said, pretty popular, and you thought it would do pretty well. I don't really see anything crazy about this, although Money for Nothing being up high, I guess, is is something there. I'm sure you'd probably comment on that. Yeah, I mean, that's another one. I think it's got a lot of crossover appeal. That's one I think, I mean, you know, going back to the discussion, I do think that one gets a lot of its popularity, or at least some of its remembrance from the video and from its sort of, uh, you know, it's at least from its MTV play. Uh, I was... I don't know. I was surprised to see True Colors do as well as it did. Uh, I thought that would probably hang on the ballot, but it was up there. And uh, it would be something to have Cindy Lauper have two songs in the Hall of Songs. Uh, I mean, she's an incredible artist. And, uh, you know, I think I think you could probably maybe I'm wrong. This may be my the casual libel segment. But I think <laughs> Pink Floyd is the only artist that we have that has multiple nominations that all of all of like that both of which got into the hall of songs in other words they have a perfect record but with more than one nomination like thin lizzie only has one nomination with boys are back in town that's in the hall of songs i think pink floyd's the only one that's perfect uh with more than one so you're wrong is there another one the casual libel strikes again that that one i just did off the cuff off my the cuff so aretha franklin really yeah natural woman and respect yep that's it Ah. those are the only two ones we nominated not i was thinking she would have had another one no, we didn't nominate uh, Chain, uh, Chain of Chain of Fools. We didn't nominate any of those. Okay, there you go. So, uh, you yeah, go. Pink Floyd and uh, Are- still Pink Floyd and Aretha Franklin, pretty good company. That is pretty good company. And it'd be cool to see Cindy Lauper get in for sure. I mean, I think she's wholly underrated. Next group of songs got a little bit over 40% of your support. 
The batch includes I Can't Go For That No Can Do by Daryl Hall and John Oates going into its seventh round on the ballot. In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins still hanging on there at about 44% support. If You Leave by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Thank you guys for voting for an Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark song. And Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. Also, thank you guys for voting for Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House, formerly of Split Ends. So, of that group, any thoughts? Uh, it seems like, you know, some small surprises. Yeah, I mean, uh, the 286 ones you mentioned, If You Leave, Don't Dream It's Over, really glad to see those getting a decent amount of support uh, in enough to stick around. I mean, I think those are in the take-on-me vein in the way that it's like they're popular, they're fun, not hugely influential and right. but uh like those are the ones that like i would have liked to see more of those songs get in i guess but uh mm-hmm. so glad to see those getting support yep with you totally uh we'll see what happens next time out i don't necessarily think they're gonna have a great showing going forward but you guys have surprised us before but also again great to see daryl hall and john just kind of stick around i'm surprised was their <laughs> only nomination and they've just kind of been very steady on this ballot they i don't i don't think they've ever gotten over like 53 percent support for that song yet but they've been steadily near the top of the ballot each time out so we will see how it does in its seventh time on the ballot why don't you take us through the final batch of songs that are going to at least stay on the ballot for the next round all right, sticking around. Every Breath You Take by The Police. That was its fourth year on the ballot. What's Love Got to Do With It? Tina Turner. It's third year on the ballot. Uh, Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order. That was its uh, first year. That was a 1986 nominee. Uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, Hanging Around. Also a 1983, like Every Breath You Take. And then finally, Just Hanging On, uh, When Doves Cry by Prince. Uh, that was 1984. So it's its third year on the ballot. Yeah, When Doves Cry, just hanging on. You may recall that we haven't talked about two of those other Prince songs, so it's it's very surprising to me. We'll get there when we get there. Sweet Dreams still hanging on is nice. Bizarre Love Triangle staying on as long, uh, staying on at least for this next round is nice to see. Uh, I think Bizarre Love Triangle is fantastic. I may have even undersold how much that song is fantastic in the last episode, so seeing it get another round is nice. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a promotional campaign for it going into the next election uh your thoughts yeah no i mean uh, new order has uh, new order and joy division have both you know it's sort of been in that weird range where they've uh you know coming around in the middle and then dropped off so nice to see that one because i do think that's just this great great song for what it was doing in 1986 uh it's really interesting to see what goes on with prince where it sort of jumps around all the time uh uh, you know, we, we obviously haven't gotten to it yet, so people can will know how it uh, you know how it turns out. But I thought Purple Rain was one that would probably get in at some point. Uh, but you know, it's like I think that one was above When Doves Cry the first time they were both on the ballot, and then they sort of swapped. And uh, When Doves Cry hangs on, so we'll see what happens with that. Okay, so 13 songs will continue onward to the next election. But now that means we have to talk about the songs that are gone forever. And as we mentioned now twice, 
Two of them will be Prince songs. Here we go. These songs got just over 25% support, but not the 35% that allows it to stay on the ballot. They are There Is a Light That Never Goes Out by The Smiths. It was on its first round in the ballot there from 86. Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes, finally off the ballot from 1981. It got just under 30% support. Purple Rain from 84, getting under 30% support as well. It'll be gone forever. How Will I Know by Whitney Houston, kind of surprised there from 85, not getting enough support. And finally, yes, one of the biggest songs in the country right now from 1985, (laughs) Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, is now off the Hall of Songs ballot with just over 25% support. Chris, your thoughts? Uh, slightly disappointed uh, with that. There's a light that never goes out. Didn't get the stick around. And like I said, I, I, there were moments, I guess, a couple of votes ago where it looked like Betty Davis eyes might get in. I think that's just a great song. Uh, and you know, I've already said it, but surprised that purple rain didn't get in. Not too surprised that running up that hill didn't ultimately get in, but uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen in 2022. Right. <laughs> it's surprising in that it didn't really ever come close to the top i thought at least the first time out it would have had a really good showing and been very close to getting in just because everybody knows the song right now it's top of mind for everybody (laughs) but yeah you know i think ultimately like you said it probably wasn't going to make it to begin with final batch of songs final batch of songs uh from this ballot that are going to be gone and never come back all right these were all 1986 songs in there uh, which means it was their first year on the ballot. Nasty by Janet Jackson, Kiss by Prince, Live to Tell by Madonna, Move Your Body, House Music Anthem by Marshall Jefferson, and Sweet Love by Anita Baker. I was shocked to see Janet Jackson and then Kiss this low. Yeah, with you completely, Nasty is well-known, very popular. That album was hugely popular. Janet Jackson's first big shot. I imagine there will be more Janet Jackson on this podcast as well, but it's not, it's a very conspicuous uh, beginning for her in the hall of song nominations. And kiss is a big one for me. I'm surprised. You know, a lot of people have said it's one of his top three to five songs. Obviously little red Corvette has gotten into the hall. We've nominated a whole bunch of other Prince songs and none have gotten to that point yet. I thought kiss was probably outside of when doves cry, the next best possibility for getting in but just fallen flat completely. So maybe people are princed out. I'm a little bit upset by Live the Tell not doing as well. I sold it really hard in the episode and it got very, very little support. I, it's, you know, if we nominated another Madonna song, a more up-tempo Madonna song from those early days, it probably would have done a lot better. Now we did because it, we, we just had our Veterans Committee episode and I did nominate Into the Groove. So we'll see how that does once it hits the ballot on the 14th. But yeah. I, I thought it would have done better. Um, anything else on that? I guess I guess that's you know everything else seems about right. Yeah, I mean I'm with you. Uh, disappointed that Live to Tell didn't do better. Uh, I think we'll hear from Madonna again, and I think we're likely to, you know, some of her more up tempo ones will probably fare a little bit better. But uh, you know, I was I, I'm with you. I was I was mildly disappointed by that one. So again, we have 13 songs moving on to the next election, our 33rd election. Those songs are In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel, Raspberry Beret by Prince, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits, True Colors by Cyndi Lauper, I Can't Go For That No Can Do by Daryl Hall and John Oates, 
In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. If You Leave by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. Every Breath You Take by The Police. What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order. Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by Eurythmics. And When Doves Cry by Prince. Those 13 will join four songs that we recently nominated in our last Veterans Committee episode. You should go listen to that if you get a chance. Came out just a few days ago as of this recording. Those songs are Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, I Got Loaded by Los Lobos, Into the Groove by Madonna, and The Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. So they will join the 13. That makes it 17. And then our 1987 episode will come out on the 14th of August. That'll add 12 more to give us 29 nominees for the Hall of Songs, which I think we're, we were there not long ago. I think our 30th election had our 29th election had 28 songs. So 29 is big. It's one of our biggest elections yet. Out of the group that's here right now that we know of, the 17 that we are going to have on the ballot that we know of right now, anything that you think pops up to you? I mean, I do think that like the ones that were up at the top, uh, In Your Eyes, Raspberry Beret, True Colors, maybe Money for Nothing, I think those are going to still continue to get support. Uh, be interesting to see. I'm not sure. Like, it would be really interesting to see how some of the new ones do, particularly uh, Madonna with Into the Groove and then Huey Lewis and the News, Power of Love. Both artists that we've mentioned before were really close with other songs. Uh, and obviously Madonna had lived to tell, but no, 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 no up-tempo one before that to see how those do. So, uh, you know, I, I think so. You know, it'll, it's a bold prediction, but I think something will get in the next election. And I think something will get in from pre-1987. One of those, you know, top fours or one of the uh, Veterans Committee ones. I am going to disagree. And I'm going to say that nothing from before 87 gets in. 87, without giving any spoilers away, is a pretty hefty group. And I feel like one, if not two songs from 87 are going to get in, maybe even three. Looking at the pre-87 group, none of these songs have really been popping up as far as watching the voting in real time and seeing what is doing really well. I think there's some songs that cancel each other out, and I think this is probably going to be the end of the road for a lot of those songs from before 1984. Some of those 81 songs, I think this might be it for them. I could be wrong, though. You guys could totally prove me wrong, as I say in every episode, and we'll see what happens. But I think this might be a big year for live songs from the most current year. We'll see. We'll see. But that'll come out on August 14th, our next episode from 1987. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's what we're going to have next. So, Chris, let's take us out. Who do we have to thank? We have to thank Stock Music Media for our theme song, currently the 1980s-themed theme song. And Aaron DeLashmet from Piper Down Productions uh, for our logo work. You can go to Redbubble, find his stuff, Piper Down Productions. He's got two new guitar pick plaques to make. I just text him. He will text me those two along with Shaboom, which he insists should be in. So he <laughs> sends me that every email when he sends me the... Uh, when he passes along the, the guitar pick. So it's like he's, he's, he, he is his own veterans committee insisting on Shaboom getting in every vote. Life will be a dream for him uh, <laughs> when, when it does get in, which is never. 
By the way, follow us on Twitter at Hall of Songs, Facebook.com slash Hall of Songs, Instagram at Hall of Songs, and email us at Hall of Songs at gmail.com. Please say hi. Tell us what you think of the podcast. If there are songs that you think we should talk about, if you want to just say, hey, talk about this song, we would be glad to do that in a future episode. And if there is a song from the late 80s, maybe that you're like, you guys really should nominate this one, let us know and we will consider it a little bit more than we consider other ones. It's because we have to pay a little more time to it. Uh, we'll see if it gets in. You never know. But email us, get in touch, reach out. We would love to hear from you and tell all of your friends and family members about us because you can find us on Amazon, Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Store. Give us that five-star rating and a review. We haven't had any in a long time, so please give us one because we'd love to get more people listening to the podcast. That's it for Hall of Songs. We will see you with 1987. Until then, I'm Tim. I'm Chris. Prove me wrong. The truth is never